1: Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Jason Jacobowski. He is president and CEO of Connecticut Food Share. And if you're wondering, gee, that sounds like kind of two anti-hunger agencies in Connecticut morphed into one. Well, you're right. Good morning, Jason. Aaron, how are you? I'm
0: well, and yourself? We're doing all right. We're doing doing all right. It's definitely been a busy uh, it's been a busy year. It's been a busy several months over here at uh, Connecticut Food Share, but we're we're doing well. Gear, gearing up for uh, for some busy times. So, Food Share and Connecticut Food
1: Bank are Now, one, tell us about your merger, for starters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the, the board of directors of the old Connecticut Food Bank and the old food share, you know, started talking, I think, probably back in uh, March of uh, February or March of, of 2020. And, um, you know, realized that, you know, the, the two organizations basically did the same exact thing, except in, in different geographic areas. And um, you know, went through a very, a very long uh, due diligence process. Uh, 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 you know, we brought in a, a great consultant from the Strategy Group down in Darien to to help us. You know, through you know whatever merger issues there might be out there, and then. Um, Last January or January 29th of, of this year, we officially closed and became uh, Connecticut Food Share, became one organization. And now we are the Feeding America Food Bank serving the entire state of, uh, of, of Connecticut. And uh, it, it has definitely been a wild, wild nine months since then. Tell us
1: about some of the the benefits of, of the merger.
0: Well, I think one of the things that we, that we, we noticed early on was that there would be some, some efficiencies, some, some savings uh, we'd be able to find different ways of distributing more food out to people here in the state of, in the state of Connecticut. And um, you know, duplicative roles or, or or duplicative overhead, and as a nonprofit, every dollar that we save ends up going back into the nonprofit. Obviously, it ends up uh, we're able to invest in uh, either infrastructure, we're able to invest in more food, we're able to invest in more programming. So, I think the efficiency piece was 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 definitely a big piece of it. Um, but also this idea of being able to speak and, and react with one voice here in the state of Connecticut and have one one organization uh, dedicated to, to, to fighting to fighting hunger and not having to worry about okay, well, which county do you live in or which town do you live in? Now we know that there is just you know one organization for for all 169 towns here in, in Connecticut. So it's definitely brought uh, brought the state of Connecticut uh, together. And look, uh, I'll be honest. I mean, it you know K- Connecticut is the land of steady habits. New England is the land of steady habits. Uh, change is is never easy, uh, and you certainly don't see a lot of these types of of collaborations and mergers in the nonprofit sector, but. It's worked out very well so far. And I think the key to it was always that we went into it as a merger of equals. There was no, this wasn't a, a, a takeover. There wasn't uh, one organization was floundering and another organization was, was doing very well financially. Um, these were two organizations that did the same thing. Both had excellent reputations here in the state of Connecticut. And uh, by putting them together, we basically combined our, uh, our, our power and our resources and are having a, a, a grander effect on the state of Connecticut.
1: We've talked in the past about how you can make $10 worth of food go farther than I can if I go to the grocery store. Does Absolutely. this soldier give you more purchasing power?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look at it in, in, at at the macro level, obviously every dollar that we're able to save gives us, gives us continued purchasing power, but the short answer and the long answer to your question is, is, are, are, are both yes. Um, You know, in, in the past, if we had to order food from an outside vendor, we would have to have, you know, The old food share would have it shipped to Bloomfield. The old Connecticut Food Bank would have it shipped to Wallingford. You know, now with one organization, you know, you don't have to split up those shipments. You're able to combine uh, efforts. You're able to reduce transportation costs. Um, We will have... Uh, right now, we have our main headquarters in Wallingford, right off of uh, right off of 91. Uh, we have a satellite facility in Bridgeport, and we have a satellite facility in uh, in in Bloomfield. So, I mean, we we we've kind of set up with a little bit of a, of a hub and spoke model. But the idea that we're able to cut down on transportation uh, costs is is especially uh, in storage costs, etc. Has definitely uh, let us be able to put ourselves in a position where we could stretch a stretch a dollar even further than we typically do.
1: Have you encountered any challenges or, or surprises since the merger? Oh, yeah. look,
0: yeah, Absolutely. I mean, you know, mer- mergers are I, I've never seen one that is that is perfectly smooth. I've never seen one that is perfect. There's definitely been some trials and tribulations. Uh, anytime you take two long standing organizations and, and put them together and and merge staffs and merge volunteers and donor bases you know there's there's always a few ups and downs but um you know again nine months into it if you told me we'd be this far along i i i I probably wouldn't have believed you so uh, the fact that we are that we've come as far as we have shows that we've been able to to deal with those trials and tribulations, and and I give all the the, the credit to our, our board of directors who put this merger together and and who lead us on a on a a, a uh, on a really unified path into the future. So I give credit to our board of directors and of course our staff. I mean our staff is tremendous, and the fact the way that they've come together has been um, has been has been very impressive.
1: Roughly a year and a half ago then food share began emergency pandemic food distributions around connecticut the bottom was falling out of the economy as as a lot of businesses were were shutting down as as covid-19 was taking hold and this weekend you have just had your last pandemic food distribution Tell us about the decision to to wrap things up after, you know, a year and a half.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't an easy decision, but it was one of those things that we evaluated. We've evaluated every month over the last 18 months. We, you know, you make a decision at the end of every month. Okay. Is, is you know, do we continue? Is there is there still a need? Um, do we still have the resources to be able to to do this distribution? And then of course, you know, where is the COVID epidemic uh, 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 overall here in the state of Connecticut and in the communities that, that we serve. You know, the, the running joke around here has been that those those initial drive-through emergency distributions were started back in April of 2020, right when COVID hit. And they, it was started as a as a two-week experiment. We were gonna oh we were gonna do this for two weeks and 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 then you know this was just going to be a, a quick thing. And two weeks turned into three weeks and three weeks turned into four weeks and four weeks turned into two months and then three months and then um so 18 months later uh we finally made the decision that that uh, it, it is time to, it was time to phase these um to phase these distributions out we had been saying for for probably even since they since these distributions began um, they weren't going to last forever. They were emergency distributions. They were they were designed specifically to help in the middle of a pandemic in which you know you couldn't touch food, you couldn't be around other people, you had to be socially distant. And what we figured, and uh, part of the calculus and coming to the conclusion that we did, and that it was it was time to end them, was probably there were two two major factors. One, of course, was uh, looking at the need. At its peak, these daily drive-through distributions, we're doing about 2,800 cars a day. That was last October, November, a very high number. Uh, over the summer, we started to see that level off to about 1,000. And over the last couple of weeks, we've seen those numbers go to under 1,000. So uh, you know, the, the, the good news is that food insecurity is, is nowhere near where it was at the peak of the COVID pandemic. The bad news, of course, is that it's still not where back at where it was before the pandemic. So, so that was one piece of data that we used, the number of users going down. The second piece of data, of course, was Connecticut's response to the to the virus in and of itself. The state of Connecticut has done a tremendous job reopening, staying open, uh, getting back to, to what we used to call normal. Uh, we have the highest vaccination rate in the in- entire country uh, the daily hospitalization rate is 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 extremely low. Um, you have a lot of local governments are starting to lift their mask mandate. Um, so you know Connecticut really is opening up again, and obviously that affects the job market. There's jobs. There's there's many jobs available out there here in, in the in the state of Connecticut. So um, taking those two pieces and and putting them together. Uh, we had, had realized that this was the, you know, there's never a good time to end any type of, of service, but this was the right time to, to, to do it. The good thing about, you know, what what we did was that we we always continued our normal distributions even while we were doing those drive-through distributions. Uh, so we always had about 100 mobile sites, about 600 pantries that were open across the state. So... What what we say to people now who are still in need that might have been going to these drive-through emergency distributions is that they still have 700 other options across the state of Connecticut. 700 other options by which they could, um, uh, by which they can they can they can go access food.
1: How heavy a lift was it for your organization to add the these drive-through events? I'm I'm thinking about number one. People power number two, just the cost. Incredible! It's like nothing
0: we've ever experienced in our entire forty-year um, history. And like you said, we started last April at Wenshler Field. Uh, once we merged in in into a statewide organization in, in January, we expanded across the entire state of Connecticut. So at one point, we had add ten different sites uh, going. You know, each some some different days of of the week. This is not the way to distribute food. It's not the most cost effective. It's not the most efficient way to distribute food. Yet we saw in images, not just from, from Connecticut, but all over the country, during the pandemic, it was the optimal way for a lot of food banks to be able to get food out to the masses since the numbers had in increased so much. So the, 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 the answer to your question is, it, is a, it was an extremely heavy lift for our staff. It was difficult recruiting volunteers on days in which there's nice weather out there. It's a little easier to recruit volunteers. But over eight, the course of 18 months, you know, we had some 100-degree days. We had some zero-degree days. We had snow. We had wind. We had rain. It became difficult to be able to, 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 to sustain the same volunteer base over and over again. In terms of the cost, uh, the cost of these types of distributions is just is just astronomical compared to the cost of our normal of our normal distributions. When we were at Rentchler Field, there was a tremendous amount of infrastructure. Uh, and I don't know if you remember, if you saw the, the pictures, we had we had tents, we had uh, uh, trailers, we had trailers of food on site, we had refrigerated coolers. Um, we had to pay for uh, uh, we had to pay for traffic control, all of those types of things and then obviously we had to pay for food. Um, these distributions, these emergency drive-through distributions were fueled mostly by purchased food. And as a food bank we're not really in the business of purchasing food. that's not generally what we do. We get a lot of our food donated but when you have this this much of a sudden increase in need, there's really no choice but to go out into the open market and to uh, and to purchase food. Is there a ballpark estimate? Are we talking millions? Oh, millions. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Millions. Uh, here's here's I'll give you one statistic. In a typical year pre-COVID, uh, we would spend about three hundred fifty thousand dollars on um on purchased food. The first three months of COVID, we spent about uh, 3.5 million on purchased food. So it was an astronomical uh, increase. And it was due to two things. I mean, there were were two things converging at the same time at the beginning of COVID. One was the need had gone through the roof. Uh, The second piece though, was that the grocery industry which typically donates about 75% of our food to us, If you remember, they they didn't even have food on their own shelves, so they didn't have as much to donate. Uh, So it was kind of a perfect storm. And yeah, it it was it was difficult. It was it was very, very difficult. The only reason we were able to 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 make it work um, was due to the generosity of the people of the state of Connecticut. Uh, whether it's individual donors, whether it's corporations, whether it's philanthropic organizations, whether it's the state of Connecticut itself, uh, the Department of Agriculture and, and Commissioner Hurlburt have just been amazing allies and friends um, with us here over this journey over the last 18 months if it wasn't for all of those people and all of those groups stepping up in both little and big ways we never would have been able to make it work
1: you're listening to Face Connecticut we are talking to Jason Jackabowski he is president and ceo of Connecticut Food Share you've put the lid on these these special drive-through events just in time to to gear up for the holiday season which is is quite busy for your organization in normal years
0: Oh yeah absolutely and that was that was one of the things that we've talked about internally here is that you know if we were to continue into November we'd probably have to continue through December and January we also know that November and December are our two busiest months of the entire year. And, you know, that's not surprising. You've got, you've got Thanksgiving um, and then you have all of the December holidays. So there's a, there's a tremendous amount of need out there in the community. So um, in food banking in general, we always say November, December are the two busiest months out of the year. So heading into that, uh, you know, we're, it, it, it's not like we're able to take a break or, or anything like that. In addition to keeping our, our network up and running, you know, we're basically taking a lot of the energy that we had uh, with the, um, the, the emergency drive-through distributions and shifting that over to turkeys. And uh, it's, as you know, Aaron, when you and I talk about this uh, every year, you know, in the month of November, it's usually all turkeys all the time for us here at uh, at uh, Connecticut food share.
1: You've run promotions in the, the past, you know, turkey in a, a 20 what are we at this year Oh, we
0: inflation hit a couple of years ago we're, we're we're at turkey in a 30 now so um but uh yeah the 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 great thing about uh, this new merged entity about being a statewide entity is for the first time ever We're able to to take this Turkey in 30 campaign uh, to a a statewide level and uh, bring it to all corners of the state of Connecticut. Our early estimates, and we will have some official numbers next week, but right now it is looking like we're going to need about 50,000 turkeys for the state of Connecticut, for people who are in need across across the state. Uh, That's a big number. Um, That is definitely a big number. And as you know, the, the 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 spirit or the theme of the Turkey and Thirty campaign is that you donate a turkey in order to help somebody have a good Thanksgiving, uh, and you donate thirty dollars to help us at Connecticut Food Share do our work throughout the rest of the year. So uh, you will definitely see us out there in the community. Um, there's still a lot of COVID restrictions. We're not going to be outside of as many grocery stores as we had been in the in in the past. But we are still running, just like we did last year, virtual turkey drives. If you want to physically buy a turkey and drop it off at, 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 at Connecticut Food Share or at one of our partners, you could certainly do that. Um, or if, if you don't feel like lugging around a, a big, heavy frozen turkey, you can just go to ctfoodshare.org and you could donate a virtual, virtual turkey and we'll take care of going out and, uh, and, um, uh, and purchasing it and distributing it to somebody, uh, to, to somebody in need, but it's going to be a very, uh, event filled, fun filled month. It's a very busy month, uh, by that, uh, Wednesday before Thanksgiving, our staff and our volunteers are typically exhausted. Um, because, you know, not only are you collecting 50,000 turkeys, we also have to distribute 50,000 turkeys, but some of the old, old favorites will, will, will be back Turkey Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back at, uh, at, at, at city place, uh, sponsored by, by bank of America. We're, um, we're coming out with a, uh, a Thanksgiving seltzer that we'll be distributing there that day, along with Avery soda in new Britain called Turkey tonic. Uh, the Jack Bannon, uh, Turkey trot, the 20, 26th annual Jack, 27th annual Jack Bannon Turkey Trot, trot will be that, uh, the, the, the Wednesday, uh, in the week before Thanksgiving. And then that Thursday and Friday, we will have our, uh, the, the stuff a bus down in, uh, in, in, in Hamden. So, um, you know it, it's great to be back doing that this year last year obviously everything was completely virtual but it's going to be great to be out there in the community again and and uh, being able to to interact with our with our friends and our our donors
1: now is there an official kickoff date or can people go online right now and donate
0: uh, November, November 1st would be the, the official kickoff date. So, uh, that would, that would be tomorrow. So that's, uh, people can, uh, people can go to ctfoodshare.org and, uh, they can go make a donation.
1: Now I'm curious, we've heard a lot about inflation. I think New York, the New York times had a piece this past week that Thanksgiving dinner is going to cost the most it ever has. Is inflation taking a, a bite out
0: of what you do? Uh, I don't know if I'd say it it takes it's taking a bite out of what we do. It's definitely making it harder to do what we do because it adds two di- it adds a stressor on two different ends. First of all, it makes food harder for people to 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 purchase, which means more people are reliant on us and our services. Um, at the same time, food also is more expensive for us to acquire. So I can tell you just from some of the turkeys, you know, last year for example, Somebody who wanted to donate a virtual turkey, uh, the donation was fourteen dollars. Um, this year, it, it may end up being eighteen, nineteen dollars. You know, for the for the same turkey, just because of inflation, just because of the price, the price has uh, just because the price has gone up. So, uh, it certainly doesn't help our work. It certainly doesn't make our work easier. Um, plus, as a matter of principle, we are always uh, advocates for uh, more affordable food. Um, for consumers out there. Uh, the, the, the more expensive food gets, the more elite uh, uh, people are who are able to be able to uh, to, to procure that food. So um, the other issue with with inflation rates and, and with the cost of food going up is that that usually has a negative effect on on nutritious food. We believe in promoting uh, nu- nutritious food here at, uh, at, at Connecticut food share. Uh, unfortunately, Uh, junk food tends to be a lot cheaper than nutritious food. And that's a problem, not just for us as a food bank, but it's a problem for individual consumers as well. You go into a store, it's a lot cheaper to buy a box of Twinkies than it is to buy a a bushel of apples. Um, We think that's wrong. We think it's terrible, Uh, but it's it's reality. And an increase in prices certainly doesn't help that.
1: People in Connecticut who are on SNAP aka food stamps, have been receiving increased benefits during the state of emergency related to COVID. Has that changed at all what you're seeing on the ground in terms of need it has
0: definitely you know we we run a snap uh a snap outreach uh uh, department division here at connecticut food share we have a a whole a a team of staff and volunteers who help sign people up for snap it has absolutely affected the numbers of people that have come to us looking to sign up for snap i mean those those have more than quadrupled since uh pre pre pre-covid days um and again one of you know the downside is that, that more people are, need the program the upside is that, that more people are aware of the program and aware that it, it that it exists we say all the time not just here at Connecticut food share but at you know through feeding america and 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 in in general um Snap is absolutely the first line of defense against food insecurity. For every meal that a food bank like ours can provide, Snap provides 11 meals Uh, and it gives people dignity and it gives people choice. Um, you know, we would not be able to, if SNAP went away tomorrow, every food bank in America together doesn't have enough food to be able to, to, to fill that gap. So it is imperative that our, our elected officials continue to invest in the SNAP program, um, continue to expand the benefits, continue to lower the threshold for people that, that, that uh, uh, or continue to make it easier for people to, to, to access those benefits, and one of the great things that this, this current um, uh, administration down at the U.S. Department of Agriculture just did is they updated the SNAP benefits such that they're, they're now being based on, on 2021 prices as opposed to 1975 prices. Things like that are what we need government to do in, in order to, to really move the ball uh, down the field.
1: And if people want to help out Connecticut Food Share, how can they do that?
0: Abs, uh, we we would love that, especially at this time of year. Uh, if people want to volunteer or if people want to, to to make a donation, they can go to to, to ctfoodshare.org. That's ctfoodshare.org, Uh brand new website, and uh, you can find all the information you need about us there. And if anybody needs to needs one of our pantries and needs to know where where to go to get food again they could go to ctfoodshare.org or of course they can always call our partners at United Way uh 211 um, just pick up the phone dial 211 they they are updated daily in terms of which of our pantries are, are open and and, and closed uh, et cetera.
1: He is Jason Jacobowski, president and CEO of Connecticut Food Share thank you so much for joining us this
0: morning thanks Aaron thanks a lot good talking to you
1: Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend.
0: Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department
1: of WTIC Radio.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile
1: get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.